You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Friday afternoon. We are in downtown Starkville, Mississippi, along the dusty Main Street here <laughs> in Starkville. Although Main Street is not as bad. Lampkin Street, that's where you're going to find your dust. That's where you're going to want to want to keep your windows rolled up. Maybe go ahead and splurge on the all-you-can-use car wash. Have you ever been to a dirt track race? I have, many, many years ago. You know, they got was a water truck. Was Speedway, like in Winston County back in the day? No, it was Williamson Speedway. Okay. Williamson Speedway, which was on D.B. Williamson Road, Van Williamson Road, which is about three miles from where I grew up. Also, they had the two speedways in Columbus. That You had Magnolia Speedway, and then you had Columbus Speedway. Why not was down in Meridian. But they used to have the water trucks that came around to keep everything from being dusty. Yeah. That's what we need in downtown. We need a water truck. We need a fogging machine. A fogging machine and a water and truck. And a water truck, and we'd have something going here. But it is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. It's Friday, Mississippi State, Alabama, the late night edition. It'll be the SEC after dark tomorrow night. Bart Gregory will have the coffee going, make a run through Strange Brew on the way. And, uh, Bart, you look at this ball game, there's one thing that jumps out, and that is this. We don't beat these guys very much. And you can throw all the analysis out the window. And I know some people don't like hearing this. I always have felt like we were down two scores when this game started. And that if we could, we would almost be better off just kind of warming up over on the practice field. And just kind of bussing over right before kickoff, just so we don't have to sit there and look <laughs> at Nick Saban, look at those crimson. Well, it's, it's not like you're. It's not like you're reading the, the the name on the front of the jersey because they don't have the name on the front of the jersey, because they're going to wear the same jerseys. And that's one thing you have to say about Alabama. Most part about LSU, they're going to wear what they wear and wore what they wore back in 1975, but. As you said, Charlie, we've had difficulty scoring points against Alabama. It didn't matter if it was the pro style. It didn't matter if it was the West Coast or Tom Bigby Coast style that we ran under Woody and, and Sly. They're the last people to beat them, by the way. And then you had Dan. and then <laughs> that's the phenomenal. That's amazing that Sly Kroom is the last coach to beat Alabama in football, 15 in a row. And then the air raid, we had no chance. We had no chance whatsoever in any of those games. Last year, they were ahead 30 to nothing until the final play of the game. We scored to make it 30 to 6. Yeah, and so I know there's a lot of discussion about whether we should have kept the air raid and that kind of thing, and, and, and that's a debate that can be had. But there are games you can come out and say, hey, the air raid would have given us a better chance. Tomorrow, if we are to leave the stadium, and it might even be Sunday morning before we leave, depending on the time. Let's not say we'd have done better with the air raid. We should have kept the air raid. Because as bad as we were a couple of weeks ago, as bad as we were against LSU, and people talk about that being rock bottom, we were worse in Tuscaloosa last year. And have been the last few times against Alabama. Last time we really played them well was 2017. I mean, we haven't thrown a touchdown pass against these guys, I think, since one of my kids wasn't born yet. Seriously. And I got a nine-year-old. <laughs> 
Well, that number might just creep into my three numbers. And, hey, let's remind everybody before we get to our three numbers that we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Whether you need home, auto, life, whatever you need, check out our friends at Farm Bureau. Bart, it's time for our three numbers, and as we always do, you can kick us off. All right, and our three numbers brought to you by our friends at Maroon and Company. It's in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. It's right by Chick-fil-A. So if you're coming into town this weekend, this is a true maroon game. So buy your maroon, a maroon hat, a maroon T-shirt, a maroon jersey, whatever you need maroon. Go to Maroon and Company or maroonandco.com and use the promo code LEFTFIELD15. That's for in-store purchases and online. They've got the interlocking MSU logo apparel as well. A big, solid selection of Bulldog stuff, whether it be Adidas, whether it be any other kind you want that has maroon. Go to Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com. My first number is 50. And that's no more than 50% of Jace McClellan's rushing yards can come after contact. When you look at how he has run the football this year, he's forced 26 missed tackles in 68 carries this season. And 70%, 70% of his yards have come after contact. He's rushed for 263, 184 after contact. He's going to break tackles, but you can't let him get more than 50 percent of his yards after contact all right so we got to get there we got to lock up but here's the key to that stat bart the yards after contact you got to touch him first contact yeah contact it can't be 20 yards down the field before you contact him the first time yeah so okay so the first wave's got to get there first on our angles a little bit (laughs) two hand little two hand touch early out of the gate my second number is 15 and that's the number of minutes we have to have the football in the first half Against LSU, we only had two drives all night that lasted over two minutes and 30 seconds. We only had the ball eight minutes and 41 seconds of the first half against LSU, and it didn't get much better last week against South Carolina. Last week, we only had the ball nine minutes and 46 seconds in the first half against South Carolina. We've been losing in the second half as far as our ability on defense to get stops, and a lot of that is coming because we're simply just worn down in the third and the fourth quarter. We have got to keep the football and keep the defense off the field in the first half. Over 15 minutes against Arizona. We had over 16 minutes against southeastern Louisiana. You cannot allow Alabama to come out here and just keep the football away from you and keep your defense on the field, especially as thin as our defensive front is getting right now. They can't be on the field all night. All right, I'm buying. All right, and my third number is two. Two of these things are going to have to happen. All right, one, Will Rogers. Maybe you could say A. Okay, number A. Will Rogers will pass for over 250 yards. B, we force two Alabama turnovers or turnover on downs. Or C, Woody Marks will be the SEC player of the week. Two of those three, three things have to happen. <laughs> All right, that's a new angle. We, we hadn't gone that angle. <laughs> yeah, because let me tell you something. Woody Marks rushes for 120. He's going to be the SEC player of the week. And I think instead of me saying Woody Marks needs to run for 120 yards, I'm just going to say Woody Marks is going to be the SEC player of the week. All right. So one of, two of those three things have to happen. Will has to throw for 250, two Alabama turnovers or turnover on downs, or Woody Marks will be the SEC player of the week. Okay, so your numbers again? 50, no more than 50% of Jace McClellan's rushing yards can come after contact. 
15, the number of minutes we have to have the football in the first half, and two of the three things have to happen. Will throws for a bunch, Alabama turns it over, or Woody gets a trophy. All right, I like it. Let's take a look at my three numbers. My first is three, and that is the number of red zone trips we're going to have to have that result in a touchdown. One thing you can tell about this Alabama defense, they're good in the red zone. In fact, one of the better teams in the league in the red zone. Sixth in the league in rushing defense. Sixth in the league in passing defense. Second in the league in scoring defense. What does that tell you? They're not breaking when you get there. Alabama is one of the three best teams in the SEC in red zone defense. In fact, they're second. How about this? Ten times opponents have gotten in the red zone, only four have resulted in touchdowns. So we're going to have to get there three and score three to have a chance to win this game. Conversely, they're very good themselves in the red zone. They're 12 of 13 in red zone trips this year as an offense. Seven touchdowns, five field goals. All their touchdowns in the red zone have been rushing. Their shortest touchdown pass this year, Charlie, is 29 yards. They've thrown for six touchdowns. 29 is the shortest. They do not have a red zone touchdown passing. So I think red zone is going to be a big key in this game because we're going to have to buckle down in the red zone. But giving up big plays, that's how they score through the air. So they've only allowed four red zone touchdowns this season. I'm saying we need three tomorrow. Passing touchdowns, two. That's my second number. So three red zone trips with touchdowns. Two is the number of passing touchdowns I think that we have to have one of those coming from outside the red zone. Now, we have not, as you alluded to, thrown a touchdown pass against Alabama in some nearly 10 years. Okay, I take back the statement I made a moment ago. Wells, who is nine, was actually three months old when this happened. The last time that we threw it, and Dak Prescott – through that touchdown pass. I think it was like Jamion Lewis, wouldn't it? I yes. think Jamion's yep. the one that caught the pass. That's how long ago that's been. Dak to Jamion Lewis. That wasn't even Dak's last year, the last time we threw a touchdown pass against Alabama. Passing touchdowns have been tough to come by. Why do I say that we have to have two? Because one more than what we've been doing would never <laughs> have been enough. You're being greedy, man. Away. When I just scored, we got to have two of them. No, we, we got to do it with emphasis. So, and, again, one of those coming from outside the red zone. So, that's got me at least four touchdowns I'm thinking we have to have. The other is we've got to protect the quarterback tomorrow. So, one, my final number, that's the number of sacks per half that I think Mississippi State can allow. This is a team that's going to get to the quarterback. In the past two weeks, they've done that very well. And if we know one thing from watching Alabama, they are going to get pressure and Nick Saban being the defensive guy that he is, I'm going to be willing to bet as much as we worry about their ends, they're going to bring it hard up the middle. We're going to have to get rid of it in a hurry, and only one sack per half. Yep, and our backs are going to have to do a better job of stepping up in the A and B gap just to help out a little bit tomorrow. And you may have to use extras. may have to use all the extras you can possibly get. All right, so let me ask you this. In terms of pass pro for tomorrow, would, is this the game that we just say forget the tight end and go two backs? I could see that. You go two running backs, try to give yourself a little extra protection in the middle. Because let's be honest, the times we left the tight end in, they're still getting pressure around the end, even if we leave them in the block. That's not a knock. I'm just saying teams have had success getting from the end, even when we kept that tight end in. Yeah, but I, I'm just kind of guy. At least the guy on the end 
has a longer distance to go to get to the quarterback. <laughs> and the problem is when you don't get in the way of a guy up the middle, you got trouble. And so, anyway, my three numbers, 3-2-1. Three, three is the number of red zone trips resulting in a touchdown, two passing touchdowns, which I'd say it's double anything we've had in the past five years, but two times zero is still zero. Oh, yeah. And, hey, this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus is all about customer relationships at Tracks Plus, and that's why they have so many repeat customers. From farm equipment with Massey Ferguson to Saney excavators, ASV skid steers, or even a big rock back truck for the dirt mover, and, of course, what they built their brand on is the best heavy machinery in the forestry business with their barco loaders and mulching machines. And, of course, the best customer service around is they have technicians all across the south who will come directly to your job site and make sure you're back to running in no time. So call about any kind of rental equipment as well. If you're looking for a project that only lasts you for a few days or a few weeks, so head to the website at tracksplus.com and find out why Tracks Plus is the go-to in the south for heavy equipment. All right, Charlie, time now for our Two Players That Can Smoke You, brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive. Two Brothers, a great place to tailgate before the game. If you didn't bring stuff to tailgate, go by and tailgate with them, and they'll cook you some of those great wings, some of the nachos, the tacos, whatever they got. It's good stuff. Great. Whatever they got. Whatever they got. Okay. Some, how is that for a menu? Hey, what, we'll cook you whatever we got. Absolutely. Well, what do you got? Well, what do you got? Sometimes they have some specials, but they'll smoke it. Smoke Southern Soul Food is what they say they have. Man, they had a steak sandwich in there one day. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. Every now and then you'll walk in there and you're like, hey, we'll cook you a steak sandwich today. Really? No lie. And it's fantastic. Well, I think they actually like print it out. I mean, you ain't got to play like 20 questions or anything. No, but so what do you got? Uh, well, they may have a piece of fish back there. Somebody brought in some salmon from the coast, you know, or some halibut, some cobia. All right, two brothers smoked meats, and here's my two guys. Or you want to go first? No, go ahead. Okay, my first You're showing all the intellectual agility here today. <laughs> number number three, Jermaine Burton. We've seen this guy for the last 18 years. He started his career at Georgia. He started 24 games wide out for the Georgia Bulldogs, and then he transferred to Tuscaloosa last year and killed us as well. He's uh, second on the team with eight receptions. He's the outside guy. He's a home run threat. He's got two touchdowns receiving this year. They line him up at wide out 73% of the time, 27% of the time in the slot. His average depth of target, 20.6. And so when they go up top, he's the guy they're looking for. Number three, Jermaine Burton especially against our cornerbacks on the outside, trying to go deep down the – you know, Alabama's a team. They throw a lot of underneath. They throw a lot over the top. And that's where Milrow is very good, short and deep. His lowest graded passing area is 10 to 20 yards downfield. I mean, would you say very good? Can you use very good in the passing game with him? Well, he's only four for like like four for 11, 10 to 20 down the field. That's it. So they don't they don't use the intermediate route a whole lot with him, which has been the Achilles heel for us so far this year. So we'll see if we can change that for him. And my second guy is number thirty, the linebacker, Jihad Campbell. Jihad Campbell, and the reason I'm saying Jihad Campbell is Deontay Lawson was injured last week in the second quarter against Ole Miss, and he is their middle linebacker. He is their signal caller on the defensive side, okay? And so Jihad Campbell is going to replace him 
presumably in the starting lineup. Last week, he responded for six tackles against Ole Miss coming off the bench. He also missed a couple tackles, so that's something to watch. But in the last two weeks, he has been brought into blitz pressure ten times, five times against South Florida, five times against Ole Miss. He had two hurries against South Florida. Last week, Ole Miss picked him up well coming up the middle. He had zero pressures against Ole Miss. That's something we have to do. We have to pick up the pressure like Ole Miss did last week on Jihad Campbell, and he is uh, number 30, the middle linebacker. All right, so let's take a look at my two players. The first player for me is number two, Jace McClellan. He is the senior running back out of Alito, Texas. You know where Alito is? I do not. It's near Fort Worth. So get to Fort Worth, keep going just a little bit, and that's where you'll find Alito, and that's where you would have found Jace McClellan. He's now a senior, getting a chance to start. And here's the thing about him. He's getting better. I think there's a trend here that that bears watching. Ten carries in week one, 12 in week two, 13 in week three, 17 in week four. So he's gotten more carries and more yards and more yards per carry basically every game this year. He played a really good game a week ago. Here's the other thing. He can catch the football. Two catches last week, 12 yards receiving. So the point being, this is a team, by the way, Alabama and Mississippi State, a lot of people are going to look at this and start to think about scoring. These are two teams who don't run a lot of plays. Both of these teams near the bottom of the league in terms of offensive plays run per game. I want to shorten a game. It seems like Alabama – look, we talked about this earlier this week. What do you got? You got a quarterback making his first start on the road, coming over here, and I get it. It's not, you know, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley at night here, right? But – It's pretty loud. It can get kind of loud. And if we are in this ball game and it keeps going, you're going to want to take some pressure off your quarterback. And that's why I think Jace McClellan, the running back, one of the guys to look out for. Hey, a little sidebar right here. Neither one of these teams are like Iowa as far as, like, trying to limit the number of plays. Did you see last week where Penn State ran 97 plays and Iowa ran just 33? Staggering. Over 60 difference. All right, I'm sorry. No, I did see that. Um, hey, my second player is number 15, Dallas Turner. We spent a couple of years talking about Will Anderson and how good he was for Alabama defensively. Dallas Turner, to me, is kind of that next guy. He's a 6'4", 242 defensive end linebacker type. Um, he is a junior. He's the Bednarik player of the week last week. And, again, this is another guy who, as the season has gone on, has gotten better. Um, against South Florida, two-and-a-half tackles for a loss. Against Ole Miss a week ago, three-and-a-half. And he's had four-and-a-half sacks, all of them coming in the past two weeks. This is a guy who can play football, and he can make life difficult. He's extremely athletic, long, rangy, fast. He's all those things. Dallas Turner, number 15. If his name is called a lot tomorrow, that will be a bad fact for Mississippi State. I almost chose him, but then I wanted to step outside the box and go with Jihad Campbell. Yeah, he's a good one now. And those are our two players brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats. Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive. 8 o'clock game tomorrow night, so show up about four hours before kick if you don't want to tailgate. Just hang out with them and watch a bunch of football at Two Brothers and eat some of those great smoked wings. Let me tell you, the patty melt ain't bad either. The burger is fantastic. Our good friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats. 
right, Bart, as we kind of close this one out, final thoughts on Alabama from me are as follows. This is a team who is better than we are, but the better team doesn't always win. If, and this is a big if, we can hit some balls down the field like we did last week against South Carolina. If we can force some turnovers, and if we throw those two touchdown passes I'm looking for, I'm just saying we got a chance. Last two games we've given up touchdowns. Well, not the last two games. LSU scored on what their second drive, third drive. Last week against South Carolina, they scored on their first drive. And Alabama, when they score a touchdown on their first offensive drive, they have won 51 of the last 52 games that they've done that. So well, if they they've basically won fifty one of their last fifty two. <laughs> but so no, if, if, kidding, if but they strike for if they score on the first drive, it's hard to come back and beat this. Well, yeah, except I was going to say this: <laughs> if Alabama scores on their first drive, it's really difficult to come back and beat them. If Alabama does not score on their first drive, they're very. Difficult. It's still really difficult to beat them. Yep. All right. So one of the things, Charlie, that uh, we talked about last week, and we did this and got a lot of positive vibe out of it because we're not. We told you. We don't know just a whole lot about handicapping. Last week you were four and four. Four wins, four losses. I was three and five. So you have a one game lead over me All after right. one week. How about okay. that? Yeah. All right. So we got ten situations we're going to pick against the spread. It may be an over under here or there. But here are the ten games I'm going to give you. It's not ten games, it's just ten things we're going to pick. And like we said, we are not urging you to use this in any way. As you saw, if you did use my picks last week, you lost money. So here you go. Arkansas and A&M in Jerry World tomorrow. A&M is a six-point favorite. You have A&M covering or Arkansas? I don't want the points. I don't need the points. But I'm going to take them anyway, and I'm taking the hogs. Hogs? Wow. All right, I got A&M. I just think Bobby Petrino against his former team they are going to at least cover in this game. Keep the motorcycles away. Keep the motorcycles away in the neck braces. Florida on the road at Kentucky, and Kentucky is a one-point favorite. What say you? Boy, uh, Florida. Okay, I'm going Kentucky just because it's a home game. I don't know how good Kentucky is. They only beat Vanderbilt by 17 last week, so I don't really know how good they are. Georgia is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn. So Georgia has not been the team that they have been, uh, but they're better than Auburn, and they are going to win and cover. I think they will win and cover as well, 14-and-a-half. Although Auburn is playing for love, not for hatred. Did you hear that? They're playing for love. Oh, you hadn't seen that? They asked Hugh Freeze about the game, and he said, you know, we don't really play for – any hate or dislike of the other team. We play for love of each other. So, Al, excuse me, Auburn tomorrow is going to love themselves <laughs> into a loss of by more than 14 and a half. All right, Missouri's. I've got so much I want to say about that, but I am – I'm not going to – I'm growing up. That's what happened. That's what's happening to me right before your eyes right now, no, Charlie. No, you're not growing up. You are trying to get to a volleyball game. You got a call. I do. All right, Missouri's a 13 and a half point favorite at Vanderbilt. Who you got? Missouri. All right, I got Vandy covering. I got Missouri winning and Vanderbilt covering. LSU two and a half point favorite at Ole Miss. All right. Hmm. Put the coffee down. Now you got to think about it. Yeah, I do. 
LSU. I've got LSU as well. I think LSU just goes in there and throws it all over them. All right, so a subset of that game, Jaden Daniels passing in the game. The over-under is 279-and-a-half. Over. He's going over 279-and-a-half? He's going over. I'm going under 279-and-a-half. South Carolina is a 12-point underdog at Tennessee. You got Carolina or Tennessee? Tennessee. I've got Carolina. I think Tennessee wins, but Carolina covers that 12. I think Spencer Rattler is throwing the ball well right now, and there's trouble in Rocky Top. Well, we'll you see how it, it goes. Heard it here first. It gets actual coverage. All right, Alabama and State, we're not picking the spread in this game, but we did last week pick the over-under. I won that. You lost. I said we would go over 55 and a half. You said under, and I won that one. So, this game, 46 and a half, over or under? Under. I'm saying under as well. And I'm going back to the stat I had earlier. These teams – don't put up. They don't score a lot of points anyway, and they don't run a lot of plays. All right, so we got a couple props in here too, and I know what you're about to say right here. So you actually had this as one of your numbers, right. and I'm going to see if you believe in your numbers, Charlie Winfield. Will Rogers touchdown passes over one and a half. Under. I say over. You're you're calling the two. I'm calling the two. All right, I'm not. You were trying to. Con- I wasn't predicting two. I was saying we needed two. Oh, I'm I'm calling for two. And one, yeah, I'm calling for two touchdowns for Will. All right, Jaden Milrow. That's not a knock on Will, by the way. I'm just dealing with yeah. a decade of history. Okay, running the football for Milrow, forty-two and a half over or under? Over. I'm saying under. Was that the first half line or the whole game line? That's the that's the entire game. 42 and a half? 42 and a half for the whole game. Yes. I'd have had to think about that if you had told me first half. You nope. tell me whole game. I think he's going under. Are we going sack adjusted yards? Yes. That's 42 and a half. So we're going to get to him three times. He may rush for 70, but we're going to hit him some big sacks back uh, to 41 and a half. All right. So those are, the, those are our picks of the week. And, of course, our good picks of the week are brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sauces. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. Go to countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. But, of course, they're in great grocery stores throughout the southeast. I saw a bunch in Walmart the other day. There's a ton in Kroger all across the southeast at Country Meat uh, Country Pleasing. They're made at Country Meat Packers. All the different varieties. I was talking somebody into the uh, crawfish and pork just the other day about how great that stuff is. And so Henry Cooper and that uh, great gang down in Florence, they make tremendous sausage. And, hey, if you're headed this way tomorrow morning, run by the butcher shop on your way. If you need something for the tailgate, to put on the grill. And so our good friends at Country Pleasing. All right, Bart, you and I will be back together. You're headed to volleyball. Yes, sir. Broadcast a game. You and I will get back together on Sunday. Be on the pregame, postgame tomorrow, late night edition. And then we'll get back in here on Sunday. So until then, thanks for hanging out with us on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig.